Welcome on into talking about Alliance, the premier Alliance Summit recap podcast. We are on episode 11 as we hit the final days of Summit with one week to go. I'm Ari joined with by Hirsch. Hello, Hirsch. Hello, Ari. Good afternoon. How are you? Doing all right. Lazy Sunday. It should be fun. And we are joined by a Discordia alum and the a newlywed husband of one of the final six blink here with us for this episode. Thanks so much for being here. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Good to see you blink. Good to see you too. Well, let's get into it. We uh, left off after the uh, touchy subjects challenge. Um, and that brings us to what we had yesterday afternoon in a bit of a, um, idle chase and an advantage cascade. Um, so it was always fun to watch and uh, always a bit of excitement when you see that advantages channel pop up. Um, this went very quickly. The command was small path. Um, I think it was on the bridge and you want to look at the other side, the small path said to uh, look in the opposite direction down the mountain uh, and then into an abandoned tent. And that command pulled up a word search. Um, so Stark found the first command and KT was with him on the bridge when they found it. Uh, and then once they hit that word search, sort of an interesting I think, response from the two of them. Yeah, um, you called it a chase, but this was more of a, a collaborative effort, uh, or even more so of a more of a collaborative effort I had seen in one of these um, idle uh, chases, and um, maybe in the history of Alliance. But when they stumbled onto it, and I believe it was actually KT who stumbled onto the uh, abandoned tent, and um, that was, I guess, that's what pulled up the um, the word search, but. Uh, yeah, they just both decided to start working on the word puzzle together. And um, and, and KT even said something like, oh, okay, well, y- you can keep the advantage. You know, they hadn't actually found it at that point, but they started, you know, they both started working on the word puzzle uh, however they wanted to. Um, I think it was a 19 by 19 or maybe a 29 by 29 uh, a square of, uh, of letters, a lot of letters, a lot of words. And uh, they just started knocking them out. And um, quickly, uh, I, I realized when I was kind of watching it along that I was like, well, a lot of times in, in stuff like this, um, the answer would be the letters that aren't, um, that aren't used in the puzzles, that aren't used in the, in the words. But there's obviously way too many letters for that to be the case because there was only about 19 words. But instead, it turned out that, the, uh, that when you found the words uh, and they were blacked out, it actually formed a uh, another word, which was the, actually the next prompt in the uh, in the cascade. Yeah, um, and so I was working on this alongside them, um, and I think yeah, the first reaction is okay. You're going to block out the letters, and the remaining ones are going to form some sort of word. And and once with the size of that, it's clear that there's going to be way too many letters. But uh, yeah, though when you it basically were letters spelled out by the words crossed out. Um, and it said, uh, Kaneko, I'm not sure the exact pronunciation, the name of the Japanese mountain uh, who was the first to climb the summit that pulled up a second word search, uh, this time with no words, but a similar response, I think it was countries. So the top half was words and that spelled out nope as in this top half of the puzzle is a dead end and the bottom half spelled out 27117, uh, which turned out to be the height of the mountain in feet and also the location of a hidden immunity idol. Um, but the, so the one thing in terms of the way they did this, so Stark found the idol because KT just said, go ahead and have it. Um, and they were working to, so that part of it obviously immediately was why, uh, but I mean, the, the fact that they were working together on this, like they weren't racing against any other people. It's not like they were in a rush to complete it as fast as they could between the two of them. Right. I'm not sure why. I feel like you could have at least made it a good spirited competition and say, 
we're going to work together and use this idle together, but let's just see who can get this first. Um, yeah, and I mean, this is a kind of passive thing that doesn't get you a win. Um, Blink, what were you? Uh, what were you doing when this was happening? Were you were you online at the time, or uh, were you aware of the of the race? I was. I was sitting on the other side of the couch from Shannon while she was hunting in the ledge, and I'm just sitting there biting my tongue, like, oh, no. <laughs> like <laughs> it just couldn't have been like for me. I was sitting there, like, got up at one point in time, went to the other room because I'm like, I can't just be sitting here while this is happening, like. <laughs> But I guess it did shock me big time to see them working together on this. Like KT, kind of like you said, being so passively willing to just give it the start. Well, she has said in the past that she's uh, she's content with other people winning as long as she's with people that she uh, the likes or respects at that point. And you know, if uh, she's in the final three with somebody that she likes and she respects, she wouldn't mind losing. Um, maybe this is uh, symptomatic of that. Yes, I, th I mean, there's also the, the possibility that um, at that point in the game, she really thinks she needs allies, you know, and, and this is a, a good way to to to, to form an, a partnership is to help somebody get an idol, especially somebody who's kind of uh, at uh, in danger. It's very it's never, it's super interesting. She never told Hen either, who is her like number one in the game. She basically just loaded up on each side like, well, if Hen goes, I still have Stark. It's a, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. I think, um, I don't know, we'll see how it plays out. But, um, you know, likewise, Stark uh, did not tell Shan. How did you, uh, how did you feel about that? <laughs> or how do you think she will feel if and when she finds out about this? Um, I think she'll understand. Um, but he's also getting ready to load up and gun up against him too. So I think the writing's on the wall that the, Stark Shan Alliance might not be in the best shape anymore. <laughs> yeah, they both have plans against each other. <laughs> especially when you consider what's about to happen here with uh, with the vote. Yeah, it's. Uh, the, I don't think we've like I said, like I already said, we've never really seen a collaborative effort like this before on a on a uh, on an idol hunt. Um, it was fun within the. Uh, I liked. It, it was. It was a great cascade because. Uh, it played with the, um, it played around with the, uh, with the narrative. I mean, Kaneko Gal does not exist. Uh, the only place he, he exists is in that um, response to the uh, the guide command in Bridge, and then uh, and then um, yeah, you you just go from there and you follow the uh, you follow the Yellow Brick Road or the Yellow Brick Bridge to uh, to, to glory. But um, it's a, this is a huge find at a huge point in the game, especially for someone like Stark who is on a lot of radars now, has a challenge win, has an idle play under his belt, and if he plays this right, is a, now has a very clear path to possibly the final four. Yeah, not to mention if he does win immunity here at six, then he is he's locked in. He can make a lot of plays and basically run the game exactly how he wants it to be ran. Yeah. And, when you, and, and really, in this game knowing what you know, you know, knowing as viewers, we know that uh, if, if you, if you get to final four, you have a chance. Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean, you, you have a chance. You will be fighting for your right to be in the final three. And once you're in the final three, anything could happen. So this is a, this is a getting to four is the big thing. And um, at that point, you know, Katie bar the door. Uh, the other thing with this idol is, so this is the second time in this game that 1516 has had one of his closest allies see uh, an advantage, um, sort of slip, slip through their grasp and then not tell him about it in a way that could possibly have worked to save him. Um, and he gets two unfortunate breaks sort of on his part and, but also just sort of, the, he's not getting those relationships in the same way. Um, I think that the big part of what's costing him in the end. Well, I think him himself would be the first to tell you that he has some issues with uh, that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of social connection. That there's a distance with, uh, with him and his friendships and, you know, and, and the relationships he forms. And again, so this is kind of, um, as it is in life, so could it be in the game with him. 
um, that he just never built that real tight one-on-one -on -one relationship um, and just basically kind of had a, you know, business relationship, so to speak. Which is where someone like Shannon has excelled in all of that. Hen was really just uh, more, more uh, alliance related as opposed to building those connections. Yeah, that that, I, I think ahead, that's part of, oh, go ahead. Okay. I think that's part of what surprised me um, as we're gonna transition into this, talking about this vote. Um, I think I thought that uh, 1516 uh, would have been a lot better at that part of the game, um, knowing him from outside the game, good at making those kinds of connections with people. And he was doing that really well in the early part of the game. And I think he just kind of got kind of lost in there. Um, as sort of it shifted to the merge, he started focusing more on who to target and take out along with KT and wasn't really working those connections the same way. Whereas, you know, someone like Shannon started to, or uh, the people in the middle a bit. And I mean, that's kind of why I think why he uh, was ultimately going to go out this round. Uh, sorry for a spoiler, but there. Um, but I think he just didn't have enough people that were going to stick their neck out for him in any way and was talking to the wrong people. He was, um, yeah, KT was his, his closest person and, and, um, and she seems to be having troubles with the, those kind of, uh, those are kind of connections as well. So uh, if that's, if your closest ally is someone who also has issues, it seems like with, at least within this game, connecting to people on that level, then uh, you, you you're 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 kind of a you're kind of sunk, honestly. Yeah, I almost worry if this like strong trio they had with KT, 1516, and DC was actually a disadvantage to them because they didn't feel the need to branch out as much. They had so much confidence in their group and like the few people they surrounded themselves with. Like I didn't think we saw what was it like the Hen Shannon DMs didn't even cross a hundred until the other day. I mean, KT and Shannon had like no DMs for a while. They just seemed very, very confident in what they had. What, um, maybe you can give us some insight into this, uh, Blink. What was, uh, was Shan's goal coming into this to, to build or to, you know, to focus on those kind of social relationships or is that, was that something that just happened once she was uh, within the game and realized that that would be to her advantage or has she given you any kind of insight into what her strategy was uh, coming in like that and at least on a social level? Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny on a social level. Like, obviously, she played a great social game to this point. I feel like it's only gotten stronger as we've gone along because early on in the game, she was not, like, staying up, making those relationships. Like, we saw Rutke up chatting all night, and Aruma was just kind of like, oh, hey, we're here. We did our challenge. We won. Okay, guys, talk to you tomorrow. Like, I think at first for her, it was kind of a, it was kind of a boundary she had to break in herself because she's not used to these kind of relationships, right? She's not a Discord person. You know, this is her first real interaction with Discord with the Alliance's server. So for her, it took her a little while to get into her groove of finding that social footing. But I know at first she really just wanted to be active. She wanted to be active. She wanted to keep Tribe strong to, to stay along in the game. And then she developed this really great social footing. So um, we get into this Tribal Council. Um, it seems like uh, from my perspective, the Rutka, which sort of reduced to win, or, uh, KTA and Hen, um, we're trying to, I think, do the same thing as last time, um, taking out someone, uh, in this case, they were aiming at Wind, who I think they thought would be an easy vote that, like Bread, no one was gonna really go out of the way for and put a team up the power players. The problem is this round, um, Wind has, unlike Brad at this point, those tight connections with people like Shannon and Tobias um, and someone by extension Stark who aren't going to just turn and vote him out. Well, we'll see in one case, but um, we're going to push back the other way and, and target. And you know, maybe this was sort of what have happened no matter who was chosen, but uh, they went and decided to target Hen for his some of his challenge prowess, overall threat level. Um, and you know, they have uh, four somewhat easy votes going in that direction. Yeah, um, 
it, it did seem for a minute there that um, our boy uh, Stark, and I kind of thought, I kind of had a feeling this might happen, um, was uh, maybe feeling like a, just kind of an inkling of guilt at targeting KT's closest ally, especially considering just how much uh, work KT put into the word puzzles and, and in helping him get that idol. I think he was feeling some guilt there. And knowing that the vote was going towards him, he was really with the maybe two, three hours left trying to push up to trying to talk people into to voting out Spencer. Um, and, and, and I think he even got Shannon to the point where she was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, but he couldn't get wind or was he going for, no, he couldn't get wind or Tobias to really kind of bite on that. Um, and they both, both, because they both reckon properly recognized that Spencer Spencer is a goat. I mean, he's a, he's somebody you want in the final three with you probably who can, um, who, who, who's not going to get any votes. So um, yeah, they didn't go for it. And um, despite Stark's best efforts. And, uh, and I think that really kind of puts Stark in a, uh, in a tight spot uh, heading into the heading into tribal council. Yeah, the part that I found interesting, from my perspective, I would have thought Stark would be the one who wants to get out Hen the most. Um, as someone who's one of the biggest challenge competitors, I think with Hen out now, there's a much better chance for him to win one or two immunities. He has that idol and sort of cruise to the end that way. Um, whereas I think some of the other players um, probably should have wanted to keep Hen around um, because now you're risking letting Stark, you know, if you're taking out the biggest competitors, you're risking having Stark win all the rest remaining challenges and get to the end. And I think it's becoming more and more clear that if he's getting to the end, he's a, a pretty good shoe in to win. And you can't vote him out if he's immune. Um, and I think so people are, I don't know if anyone really thought that way, but having that sort of challenge shield um, could have been helpful for a few people. And I, I think I was most surprised that Stark out of all people was the one pushing to keep Hen in the game and get rid of Spencer. Yeah, and like I said, I think, I think that's owing almost entirely to um, his guilt at, uh, at, at, at what he knew that it was gonna do to KT. Um, um, and that was a, that was a little bit of a humanity, if you will, uh, entering the uh, the robot known as Stark. I think too, he probably came into the game thinking and wanting to play with Hen. So this is somebody he knew going into the game from FML. I think he probably went envisioning his game, thought to himself, like, okay, like Hen and I are going to run this thing. Uh, so I imagine he also had a little bit of guilt knowing that what he wanted to have happen wasn't happening in the game. It's always weird once you get in there from what you expect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh. I think uh, and then there was sort of the problem with uh, what Hen was doing, um, which was I think pushing wind to everyone. And I don't think he's talked, he talked to wind much at all. Um, and I think wind was someone who would have listened if he had said something like, let's get rid of, uh, so Tobias was immune. So he could have said like, Let's get rid of Stark. He's going to be a big threat the entire rest of the way, and I'll vote with you guys. Um, instead of just pushing wind, and no one really pushed back to him. Well, Spencer, I guess, leaked it at some point and kind of was a bit all over the place. Um, and what, what did you make of that? I mean, wind has very consistently been just all over the place when it comes to working with Hen and KT and even Stark, they're kind of cagey with each other. So I don't think they would have really been able to move wind at all from whatever wind had in his mind with Tobias and Shannon. I think they were pretty locked in voting together. Yeah, wind is, um, I don't know. Wind is very much that uh, Sandra Diaz, Twine, uh, it's anyone but me guy. Um, and, and, and I think maybe he's, he, maybe there's been some really, uh, muddled votes here toward, you know, that get kind of twisted and turned, you know, a couple hours before, uh, before tribal. And maybe he, you know, who knows if anybody would have, if he would have seriously entertained it because 
once you start throwing out a lot of names and it didn't help. I think actually did, did we bring up the fact that, um, that Hen made a, uh, the, the telephone game that happened with, with Spencer. And, and I think this kind of played into uh, this kind of played into why no one was really willing to listen to, to Hen or, or uh, entertain uh, saving Hen was that Hen had told, no, wait. Okay. Spencer had told KT or Hen. <laughs> I, I, don't, I couldn't follow this at all. <laughs> okay, wait, let me, I got this. I know I got all, this. All we know is that Spencer did it. <laughs> Spencer did it. Spencer told KT, no, Spencer told Hen that Wind and Tobias were going to vote for Hen. Hen told KT. KT told Stark. Stark told Shan and Tobias. No, Stark told KT. I got this. Stark told Shan and Wind. Wind told Tobias and then Tobias fronted Spencer and Spencer when confronted with his lies, lied again. And then Spencer, Spencer went into defense mode when, you know, again, busted in with, with one of his uh, underhanded uh, lies. And, um, and basically he tried to, he tried to put it on Stark starting stuff. Um, and then eventually it filtered back to him feeding Stark lies. So that just reinforced and bolstered any, any uh, notion that Tobias and Wynn had towards voting Hen. Oh, Hen's, start, Hen's trying to start some shit. Um, we don't need that in the game. Let's just vote him out. And Spencer's like, yeah, yeah, Hen's a big fat liar. Um, he's trying to throw me under the bus. Um, and so Spencer, the, the, the true rat of the season, um, will, uh, will deflect it onto, uh, onto Hen. And, uh, and there you go. I mean, that was, uh, that was, I think enough to, uh, kind of, kind of keep, uh, any notion that the vote might, might, uh, switch to Spencer out of everybody else's head. And obviously during that entire process of the huge telephone game, the message was clear the entire time and never was diluted or, uh, messed up in any way. Never. Um, so I just looked and, uh, Hen and Wind had not messaged in a full week so I think that's just part of that cutting off the options um I don't know do you think that I mean, obviously he didn't know that he was going out this round I think he knew his name was out there but I mean could Hen have played this round differently to stay in the game I don't think so I think the only way he would have maybe done it is by throwing people off Kind of like what we said before with the Stark vote, like maybe if he could talk like two or three people into trying to vote Stark, he would just have enough votes through to the vote distribution being spread out. But I think <laughs> really hard ask to make that happen. Yeah, when um when it became clear, yeah, his biggest mistake was shifting. His biggest mistake was letting KT focus on wind as the next target. Um mm-hmm. And like you said, like you said, Blink, if uh, if he and KT had been able to kind of swing the pendulum back over to, uh, you know, hey, we've taken out two of these old Rukes in a row, it's time we take out another Arunima, then they might have been able to swing the pendulum back over to Shan or Stark. Um, but in letting it, letting the target settle squarely on wind, um, that's where he made his, uh, I think that's that was his uh, his error. And, and, and yeah, like I said, I, I was sort of surprised how he just wasn't making those social connections that we saw some at the beginning of the game and that the way that I thought he would play would have been much stronger in that. And I think that's really what hurt him in the end. Um, going all in on KT, I mean, you have to when that's your alley at that point. Uh, and she just has no power to swing any votes at this point. Um but I mean, just not talking to Wind, um, you know, conversations with Tobias, I think we're pretty limited overall for someone who's on theoretically on your side. Um, and I think he just, he didn't give Tobias much of a reason to swing back. I was going to say similar to, similar to bread. I think Hen perceived an easy vote this round. I mean, I'm 
yeah, him, him perceived uh, that this was going to be a fairly easy open and shut vote. And he just didn't work, didn't work that hard to, to make it, to make it happen. Um, the reality uh, was not uh, the fiction he saw. Um, he was working, uh, he was working the sub channels enough. I think, I do think he felt some urgency and, and he was hitting sub channels most of the afternoon, but to no avail. Do you think he would have played an idol if he found an idol? Absolutely. I think he'd have been, I think he might have, yeah. So in the vote. Um, Wait, hold on. Before you get to, before you get to the vote though, um, let me ask you this, and, and this is more catered towards our guest. Um, in the, uh, in about an hour, hour and a half, you know, before, uh, before tribal council, Shan wanders into the bridge. Were you watching when this happened, Blink? I was. <laughs> and within, within, um, within, uh, you know, just uh, maybe 20, within about 20 or 30 minutes, she crosses the bridge, yep. does other side, and even types small path. And at that point, of course, it's done. The, the, the cascade has been closed. How did, how did you feel at that moment when you see her type small path not two, three hours after uh, after Stark had done it. It was so frustrating. <laughs> she would have had it. If she would have just started in a different room, she probably would have got like, if it would have just been like they went to the ledge and she was at the bridge or something, she would have gotten it. Yeah. What uh, did uh, did she did she say anything? Did she feel like she had been onto something that that was just uh, done or gone or uh, any any inclination from her that she missed out on something? I don't think so. Um, she, there's a couple times where she would just go like, I think there's something here. And I kind of go like, well, then follow it. You know, I just try to reinforce whatever she says. Um, but she didn't really say anything about that there. I think she right now thinks the biggest clue that she can't figure out is in the cave somewhere with like the echo and different sort of things like that. I think that's where she thinks the most is going on. Yep. If nothing else, I mean, uh, I saw that and I was like, oh, Shan. Uh, I know. I know. I was just like, a, it just goes to show. I mean, it's all about timing a lot of times with these cascades. And, you know, and after 23 days of basically one and, and we'll call them one and a half successful, you know, cascade hunts that both, you know, the two people would stumble onto what a, 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 a cascade trigger within just a couple hours of each other um, in a whole new and a whole basically brand new sub channel is just a, uh, it's a it's a it's a testament to their their willingness to to keep plugging away, but man, um, just too little, too late, I guess. And it's uh, I hope it doesn't end up costing her in the end. Agreed. I'm glad to see her hunting a little more. There were a few days where she just wasn't really doing too much, and I wanted to be like, look for her, and I know it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Growing up as the daughter of a wildlife rehabilitator, Squirt became obsessed with squirrels at a very early age. Here are some of the things she's learned about squirrels. Squirrels are adorable and fuzzy. Newborn squirrels are called pinkies by the rehab world. They are born pink with their eyes closed and are only about an inch long. They need to be fed every hour, so if you want to rehabilitate a pinky, you won't be allowed to sleep. Fun fact, newborn opossums have to eat every 30 minutes. Baby squirrels like to do gymnastics, especially on chandeliers. Baby squirrels like to climb humans as if they're trees, which is both cute and painful because humans aren't trees. Um, all right, so in the vote. Um, so it looks like going in like a pretty clean 5-2. Spencer's always that wild card, but he seems to be the people he was checking with or the people all voting him. Um, so Stark starts getting paranoid because it seems like a clean vote and he has this idol, he's not sure what to do. And he has some sort of idea that I couldn't quite follow where he was going or he could, if people flipped on him, if he threw his vote onto wind, that would lead to a 3-3-1 tie somehow with Shannon being on the outside of that in a revote. Um, I couldn't follow his plan, but I think the effects of that are going to be really interesting going forward. Yeah, that was just a jury management move on his part, I think. I think he wants yeah. to get ahead in KT. Like, look, I was on your side here, and other people, I was on your side before that. 
I don't, I don't buy his big headed strategy. He said he had. No, by my reckoning, it was, he was doing what Tobias did a couple rounds ago and, um, and sticking, knowing that, knowing that the vote was going to go in a different direction. He still throws his vote over here because it offers him some protection kind of moving forward to me, despite whatever he said to Shan, this was him protecting his relationship with KT. If he leaves Hen and KT out on an island, the only two votes on wind, then um, then she could easily blow up his play with that idol. And I think by voting with her and Hen, it uh, it makes her it makes her uh, less uh, likely to, uh, to to out that idol to anybody else. Yeah. So there's two important effects here. First, so. Like you said, um, this keeps KT on that side. He, he can say, I voted with you. Uh, he, he, she doesn't have anyone else to go to. She knows about the idol. Uh, but it also is going to give Shannon a pretty clean excuse to cut Stark, perhaps as soon as she can, definitely at some point before the end. And I'm not sure that that was something she was going to do otherwise. But Stark, I think, is the biggest final tribal threat in the game. Um, so, I mean, with those two sides, is this good, bad? Is there another way you could have played it? Not really. Not with the not with the dynamics of the game at that point. I think he had to. That was him basically kind of drawing a a fairly a fairly deep line in the sand, basically saying that's him acknowledging that he had to separate his game from Shan. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of kind of like you said, he comes in with that with that oh three three one thing um you know as a as a quick excuse but um but yeah this was basically him edging ever so closer to wanting to get to the final three with kt and not with shan and too and basically kt is going to follow him pretty much wherever he goes now so he has for these next two votes i would say at least he has two votes in his pocket he has his and kt's that he controls now yeah so he put a lot of power in the game um, yeah, but I think that that's going to go the opposite way. If he's vulnerable, he only has those two. Um, now, Wind and Shannon don't have that loyalty. Um, but I think this also could very much be leading to um, a successful idol play. Uh, he'll probably be very likely to use it, given how many he only has two more chances. Um, and uh, they're talking about going after Tobias and... Uh, I think that that could be the play to get him just a bit further. I think he he plays this. I think he plays this idol at the first tribal council where he's not immune. Um, I I think if he's not immune at six, he needs to play it because there's no guarantee that you you know there's no guarantee that he gets to five if he doesn't. So uh, if he's immune, all the better. If he has the necklace. You know, then he gets, he gets to go to five and he basically can pick whoever he wants to take out. Um, but um, beyond that, uh, yeah, it's this, I said in the lounge, this will either be a successful idol play or he's going to ho- go home with an idol in his pocket. And uh, that would be stupid. Who do you think the name they throw out to him will be? Do you think they say they're voting to bias? Like what name would make him most comfortable to be voting for, to not play it? I think it'd have to be Tobias. Tobias for Spencer. Yeah, one of those two. Yeah, I think those Tobias would be a good strategic name to throw out, you know, because you could build up a lot of good reasons to to vote out Tobias. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer on a personal level, Spencer on a personal level, because nobody trusts him. Um, and I could I could see people wanting to to get Spencer off the board because he's so unpredictable. Blink, I was just curious, uh, and um, in light of how Stark voted at this last uh, tribal council. And I guess without getting into too much, uh, too much detail or uh, that, that she hasn't necessarily talked about in the game, but what was uh, Shan's immediate reaction when she realized what it had, what Stark had done? What was, uh, where, where was her head at? Or was it just reinforcing kind of a, a place where she was already headed? Yeah, I think it reinforced where she was already heading, heading. I think she was like, Ooh, he's dangerous. <laughs> I don't think she was necessarily super surprised by it because she knew he was waffling back and forth, but it like really reinforced just how dangerous he is. And 
how he just does not fit into her final three plans. Yeah, I think, yeah, this more than this, this settled once and for all, whether or not Shannon Stark will be in a final three together. And I think the question, the answer is unequivocally not. Yeah, unless out, I don't think he's going to happen. The, uh, the question does remain, however, will either of them be in the final three? And that's, uh, that is still to be decided. Yeah, and I think if they're both there at four, about it's where you know, only one of them can win immunity. Maybe we can get a fire challenge with Shannon. We'll see. That would be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> Squirrels bury their food to save it for later and to hide it from other animals. Squirrels are also master escape artists. If you ever have squirrels, be prepared to discover nuts buried in random places throughout your home for years to come. The eastern gray squirrel is gray, except when it's not. Eastern gray squirrels can be black if they have mutated pigment. If the squirrel has two copies of the mutated gene, it will be black. If a squirrel has one mutant gene and one normal gene, it'll be brown and black. This might be why some squirrels, black squirrels had red tummies and why we have one special gray squirrel with a black face, whom we dubbed Muzzleface. At one point after his release, Muzzleface disappeared. At the time, we thought he just moved on to another yard, but I think it's more likely that he found his new home at Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. All right, so uh, I think that's all the recap we had, but uh, put together a bit of a fun game to cap this one off. We are doing... Um, sort of an updated power rankings. So uh, we all have only six people left in the game, ranked one to six, most likely from this point to win the game. Uh, so combination, staying in, getting a fire tribal, and winning from the, uh, so one to six, we'll go uh, from six to one. Uh, Hurst, do you want to start us off? Uh, number six, I would imagine we all have the same number six. I can't imagine anybody being any different on this one. Um, Spencer. Yeah. Um, the only way Spencer wins this game is if the uh, other five uh, players spontaneously combust. <laughs> yes. <it's> the, uh, <laughs> if the other five spontaneously combust um, and production leaves the mountain and allows Spencer to, to call himself the sole survivor. That's how he wins. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be that pessimistic. Um, I think it's going to be tough for him. I think there's probably a good path. I think everyone seems to want him at the end. Um, with Hen calling him a snake on the way out, I can't imagine the perception is that good in Ponderosa right now. There's a chance that that starts to backfire Um I don't really know how or why. I think that, you know, he's not getting votes. And there, there's almost a claim that he's been on the right side. I think he's been on the right side of every vote, except for the DC vote. Um, and then when he's gotten off. But uh, I think with that, you know, he, there could have been a claim if it was someone else. I think that with Spencer just running all over the place and making stuff up, I think it's too much of an uphill battle to get votes well and what what and what's gonna first off if he hadn't responded to hens you're a snake comment with that little teehee <laughs> which is a very orgy thing to do and it's just gonna rub people wrong um and that might be the fact but you know you also have to keep in mind that there are people in the jury who are unaware of the lies spencer was feeding everybody for like two weeks uninterrupted shan and stark being big bullies um, and, and so that stuff's going to start filtering down to the jury, the more people that get there. So that's just going to build up even more of a negative, uh, negative narrative for, for Spencer. Um, and like I said, that little teehee didn't help at all. I mean, that was like, that's just, I'm just like, at that point, someone calls you a snake, you just kind of like, let them have their say as they walk out the door. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, this is why I think there's one of multitude of reasons that he's just not going to win. Yeah, I'll agree with you at Spencer at number six. I think the only way he gets some jury votes is if he ends up at the end with like Stark and KT and Stark and KT just burn bridges along the way. Maybe he gets like a wind and Tobias vote or something like that. But ultimately, I don't think there's any way he has a path to get enough to win. 
Number five. Blink, do you want to start this one off? I put KT at number five. For me, I think KT put her in a spot where outside of her original two of 1560 BC, she just does not have a chance at getting any other votes. But the people who are left in this game, I think she's locked into two votes tops at final. Right. The same one. Yeah, KT is my number five for, for many of the same reasons. Just um, she doesn't have enough time to build a uh, a positive uh, a positive storyline for herself at this point. Um, she's in scramble mode, and everything before scramble mode was kind of a, a lot of negative uh, feelings out there. So um, yeah, I mean, if she's against if she's sitting there against Spencer. Um, she might get a couple votes, but um, there, I think there'll be a third person in there who who would who would get more votes than she would. Yeah, uh, I also have KT at number five. Um, seems like KT is in full on goat mode right now, where similar uh, to Spencer, everyone is going to try to do what they can to bring her to the end uh, while trying to navigate her votes, but she just doesn't have a case. Um, for much of anything at this point. Maybe she gets votes from those two, but I also don't see it. I think they're going to vote based on what happens. Uh, you know, everything after the Spidey vote, basically, where she's had no say in anything. Uh, I, I don't think there's a case that you know, maybe, I and mean, she doesn't seem like one to try to make a big swing to get that case anyway. Um, I just don't see it. I agree. All right, number four. Uh, Hirsch, do you want to start this one? Uh, I think this is where it gets interesting. Um, I've got wind at number four. Um, I just think... Um, I think the only people he can be in a final three with will all be able to state and make a better case um, and have a better story. And he's been... And I just don't know if he seems to not want to put in the effort. It seems like so. I don't know. I, I just he, if he were if when we're in the final three with KT and Spencer, he wins and he wins in a runaway. But um, but against Stark, Tobias, and Shan, I think each one of those people would be able to to make a better case than Wind. I think the only way he wins is if he's in a final. He could also win in a final three with any combination of those three if it's a strong final three and there's a non-plurality win. So I could see him winning like a three, two, two or something like that because the other two kind of split the votes um, because it's hard to make their case or separate them. Um, but um, I think he's setting himself up most likely for a, a third, a third place finish. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. I have win number four on my list. I think when I was looking at people who will potentially jury vote for him, all of those people are still in this game. I don't think anybody on the current jury likes him. I think he's, I personally love his salt and his sassiness and everything he brings for us as lounge viewers, but I don't think it's rubbing people the right way who are already existing on the jury. So unfortunately, while I think he's played a really great game and yeah. navigated it well, I think other people, like I think Shannon's a little more social. I think Stark's a little more strategic. I think Tobias is a little more like, under the radar brains yeah. of the operation. And I think Wynn just kind of falls secondary to all of them. So unless he can manage to get rid of all of them, I think unfortunately he doesn't really have a shot. Yeah. Uh, so I will talk about Wind a little later. I have Tobias here at number four. Um, I, think, I think Tobias's path is starting to get a little dicier. Um, Darkstone as a target. It's looking like there's a fairly good chance that he gets idled out this round. Um, that's seeming likely. And I think he's so under the radar at this point. You know, he, KT didn't even, hasn't even mentioned the fact that he totally flipped for what could have been the first time. Um, he needs to really be explaining his case. And I think it might be starting to get late for that. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be hard, depending on who he's with at the end, to really convince a jury that he was the one. We see it, but I think the players are so in their own heads that they haven't seen just how much Tobias is pulling strings in the background. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have to bring a lot of receipts. I get that. 
All right, so top half, uh, number three, Blink. Yeah, so my number three is Tobias. I think you brought up a lot of great points about him being very under the radar, but I think a lot of people playing right now are aware that he's playing under the radar and that's kind of his game. Um, so I think he definitely has a shot at the end. We've also seen in like actual tribals, he's very well-spoken and very well at pandering to the existing jury. He always has nice comments for him. And like, I think he wrote a poem on this last tribal so he's always kind of ready and very well spoken. So I think given the opportunity could do a really great job at tribal and persuading people. <coughs> of. Yeah, that was also a big thing. Um, he's been good. I think we saw this from SF last season in the way that he explains things that could be really valuable in final tribal if there's a lot of undecided jurors. Hirsch, who you got? At number three? Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm beginning to suspect uh, Blink and I have the same list. I do have Tobias as well um, because uh, for many of the same reasons. Um, he wins with the right combination, um, but there are at least uh, two other people in the game ahead of him who, if he's in there with, he's going to have a hard time uh, convincing the jury to, to pick him over them simply because of the, what, what he's been doing, what we've been talking about this, this whole season. Just His under-the-radar moves aren't landing with the jury. Um, now if the jury is doing their job when they hit Ponderosa and talking about this stuff, um, then maybe there's a narrative building in Ponderosa right now for Tobias that we're not even aware of. Um, I mean, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Blink has a uh, mega crab access, um, and can see what's going on in Ponderosa. Ari, I know you don't, do you? I don't. Okay. And I know I don't. So, uh, um, so that's, this could be one of those things where there is a narrative building for Tobias in the jury, but that's only going to Ponderosa, but that's only happening if the jury does their job. And it's, and just speaking from personal experience, when you land on a jury, um, you're not always necessarily inclined to go in there and start talking up the people who, who might've voted you out. If, if anything, you're going in there to nuke people um, and, 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 and try to try to damage people's games moving forward. Um, you know, and, and build a, and, and if you know, build a case for why you shouldn't vote for someone as much as a, as um, someone might build a case for trying to vote for someone. So um, I think Tobias needs Wind and Spencer on the jury as quickly as possible to start talking about what Tobias was doing in this game. Yep. Right. Uh, so I actually have a different number three. I put Stark. Um, I think if, I had, if we had done this at this time yesterday, I would have had Stark number one. Uh, but from burning that with the wind vote, burning, I think, Shannon, pushing her toward wind, putting a target sort of on himself, I just think that he needs to win out. Um, two of the next three immunity challenges is all it's going to take with his idol, but that's really a big ask. And I think at any point in the way, he can very easily, I think everyone's going to vote for him. Um, I think so. if he gets to the end I think he wins easily no matter what the combination but his path to getting there it seems like it just got a lot harder I agree mm -hmm. alright uh, so number two uh, who wants to start this one Blake I put Mr. Stark for number two kind of for the same exact reasons and very unbiased on my part uh, like said, it's just he's a target going forward from everybody no matter what if he loses immunity he's going to be on target and if he plays his idol here and doesn't win immunity at five everyone's going to see hey he played two idols two idols that worked like he's clearly the guy you got to get it's just there's no way people let him make it to a final unless he immunities out which he has the availability and potential to do but i think his path is just very very difficult to get there Absolutely agreed. I do have Stark at number two, and it does look like Blink and, I, Blink and my list are going to end up being exactly the same. They're but yeah, Stark, Stark at number two because um, he's got a he's got a idol. He's got to win out, um, or give. He basically has to have a successful idol play and immunity win, and then win at um, final four um, to get himself into final three. And then he's got to he's got to navigate the vote at final four or win or win, win that vote. final four challenge. Huh? I think he has to win that final four challenge. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think anyone's going to push it to to fire at Final Four for Stark. Um, if they see the opportunity to pile on him three one at Final Four, they're going to take it. So yeah, you're you're right about that. Yeah, it might. But yeah, so he's got a tough road to hoe. So I'm glad I could provide uh, this somewhat different list. I have Wind at number two. Um, I think if he gets to the end, having taken out Shannon and Stark, he's going to be in the driver's seat. Um, maybe Tobias if he, they're together with him, but I think the path really opened up. Um, if he can get Stark here or in the next vote or two, or maybe this one's Tobias that goes out on the aisle, then he gets Stark. And then taking out Shannon at final four, um, he can use these next few tribal councils in front of the jury to build his case before kind of going into final tribal. That would be big. And but uh, uh, it's close, I think, between them because he needs to navigate that path. If he's in the final three with Shannon or Stark, I don't think he has a chance. I question whether when despite all his bluster and org experience really has it in himself to take out shannon given the given the given the option given the opportunity will wind pull the trigger at like say final four to vote out shannon or will he allow himself um to think that he could go up, up against her at final final tribal council and beat her i i wonder if he can i wonder if he can actually do it I think it has to be a somewhat specific instance at Final Four where he wins immunity, or maybe Tobias does. Um, I think similar to what I ended up doing in Speed Alliance, um, which is obviously totally different, but uh, how I voted out Squirt with immunity um, and saying, like, we've been through this the whole game. We'll be friends th through this. It's been so great. I have to do this for my game. And I think Shannon would completely understand that, uh, just kind of laying it out there. But yeah, it's definitely tough to have to do that. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Will be. All right. So um, it looks like we all have the same number one. Um, one of us is somewhat biased, but I think we all kind of see it the same way. Um, I've been saying, I think, pretty much since the merge that Shannon's just her ability to have these social bonds with everyone just keeps her protected. And if she gets to the end, I think it's going to be hard pressed for anyone to not vote for her. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and honestly, I, and I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago, uh, she's built up a game very similar to, um, to the, to the game that uh, Karstaway had uh, Hell's Angels over in um, Mojo Desert. Um, Karst never won any challenges. She won, she won like a third of a reward challenge before the first swap. And that was about it. Um, but um, Karst played a solid game. I uh, was on the right side of most votes, um, most votes, not all votes. And, uh, you know, and, and just worked her way to the end um, without making any enemies. Um, and Shan, the only thing um, I, I, I wonder if, if, if I was thinking maybe if Shan were to get like, one immunity challenge win at this point that, and, and get into the final three, then that would almost seal the deal. But I'm afraid if she were to win one at this point, that would make people that much more aware of her game. So I don't know if it benefits her at this point to win it, an immunity challenge, or if she just needs to just keep doing what she's doing. Yeah, I agree with a lot of this assessment. I think one of the big things she has going for her besides being the greatest human being in the world is that <laughs> everybody on the jury has a good feeling about her, right? No one has like this scorned feeling from her. She's left a good impression on everybody. So everybody would feel good about voting for her on a final jury. Um, but you're right. You know, she's, there's a long way to go. She could definitely add a bigger target on her back. Like if she gets this Stark vote to happen, he doesn't use his idol. And then she wins an immunity out of nowhere. You're sitting with three other people at a final four who go, there's no way we can beat her. Yeah. So it's definitely, everybody's got kind of a hard pressed path to get there and win, but it's going to be exciting and she's going to win. So. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, all right. So let's do um, one last thing really quickly. What do we think is the most likely out of these six final tribal count, final three setup? 
Okay. Uh, the most likely? Most likely. I'll start then. I will yeah. say, just going based on what happens the next few rounds, um, I think it's going to be Tobias idled out here. Um, I think Stark goes next. And then so I think the final three is going to be uh, Spen or, um, Shannon, Wind, and then whoever between KT and Spencer they decide to keep. Uh, <coughs> I think they would keep Spencer over KT in that. So I'll say those three, Spencer, uh, Shannon, Wind, and Spencer at the end. Yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and completely agree with you, Ari. I think that's the most likely final three. Um, again, there's so much that can happen here, but I don't see Shannon voting against Wind. And I see Wind being able to keep Spencer close enough. They both kind of have that we got to make it together mentality, it seems like. Mm -hmm. So I think those three are probably the most likely. Uh, I guess I'm going to be a little different just for the sake of being a little different. I can see, I, you know, I can see like a, a Shan Tobias Spencer kind of final three. And, and, and by my reckoning, um, even uh, man, now I'm going to Tobias might go here. Um, damn it. I'll say Shannon wind and, and KT. Um, maybe Shan decides, uh, finally there at the end that uh, she's just done with Spencer after all his damn lies and that he doesn't deserve a spot in the final three sick kick is at send his ass to jury, you know, at, at final four where he has one day to, uh, to spread the lies that everybody has already debunked by the time he gets there. Yeah. Let the jury tell Spencer, uh, you know, that they're fully aware of the lies he's been telling and um, you know, let him uh, deal with that um, for a couple days because um, he doesn't deserve to be in final three. Yeah, why not? All right. Um, any last thoughts for anything, one, before we sign off? Um, I'm uh, curious to see what tonight tonight's challenge may bring. Um, kind of hoping. Uh, I'm kind of hoping it's a surprise tribal council because you never know what's going to happen with that. Um, but um, yeah, tonight's tonight's challenge is huge. If there, if it doesn't end up being an immunity challenge. Um, what happens tonight could affect the uh, the whole course of the game. Uh, yeah, we were talking about this for a moment off air and uh, didn't do a segment because by the time anyone listens to this, it might already be clear what's going on. But uh, Scream Mail sort of interesting saying five or uh, it's six, including the guide in whatever is going on. Uh, and there's six people left in the game. So either there's a challenge or one person sitting out, maybe, as you mentioned, the surprise tribal, uh, we shall see, and it should be fun. Do you think there's a chance that the group has to vote before the immunity challenge, one person to sit out, and that person will be immune from going home? I feel like there was something mentioned about a final six set out that I just completely am forgetting about, but I also might not be. That would be interesting. There was there there, there was a mention in the uh, screen mail about somebody sitting out. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that would be interesting. We will see. Uh, Blink, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll sure see you around soon. Thanks, Blink. It was good seeing you, man. Good, good luck you. the good luck the rest of the way. I know it's been a rough season for you to, to be in a, a rather unique position, the position that you're in. Uh, but you've been uh, just on a personal note, you've been a uh, You've done your duty in the lounge. You've been properly uh, judgmental when you've needed to be judgmental, and clearly you've you've been supportive of, of Shan and her game. Um, so kudos uh, kudos to that. Uh, being in a very unique position for uh, for someone in this game. Yeah, no, it's been very unique, like you said, but a ton of fun, and it's nice to have the salt flow through me. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely agree, and it's always fun from our side uh, seeing that kind of thing. Although I don't know if we've seen it quite like this before um well, thanks so much and hers thanks for being on as always always a pleasure and uh thanks everyone for listening we will be back soon just a couple more episodes until then take care peace Despite the fact that Squirt grew up surrounded by mutant squirrels only one in ten thousand eastern gray squirrels are black in addition, eastern gray squirrels can also be white. And fun fact, they're not all albino. Legend has it that spotting a white squirrel means that your life will be filled with good luck.
This is great news, as the chances of seeing a white squirrel are 1 in 100,000. The logical conclusion here is that we only have squirrels to blame for the current pandemic. But please know that squirrels are very sensitive to this. If a squirrel seems to be having their existential crisis in the middle of the road, please drive around it, because squirrels don't actually want to be run over by cars. Please don't run over squirrels by cars.